It was an off day for the Chicago White Sox, and now it is time for some payback, hopefully. Round two of the Crosstown Cup kicks off tonight in Wrigley. Will Luis Robert Jr. be back in the lineup, and can the White Sox figure out Kyle Hendricks? You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morawski, a lifelong die-hard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Chicago White Sox taking on the Chicago Cubs on Tuesday uh, Tuki Toussaint will be on the hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. State of the Sox. Well, it was an off day on Monday and they needed it. Uh, Sox are 47 and 72. That's 47 and 72, 25 games under 500. Uh, 14 and a half, 15, something like that games back in the AL central. Uh, it's there for you. I've kind of, uh, that's not even a factor, but it, might as well say it. Uh, facts are facts, right? Uh, so socks, uh, you know, looking their wounds, uh, after that sweep of the brewers, uh, on their own home turf brewers are a good team. They're not going away. Uh, cub fans absolutely wanted, uh, our White Sox to take care of business, help them out. Sox uh, not able uh, to help out. And now it'd be nice if the Sox can punch the Cubs in the mouth, uh, get some payback. Round two of the Crosstown Cup uh, starts tonight in Wrigley. Uh, of course, Sox were swept in the two-game series on the south side. Uh, Cubs, uh, they have got something to play for. Uh, you know, they are... And I'm not terribly surprised uh, they're playing the way they were. I, I had a feeling in the offseason, you know, they made some moves. They they definitely spent some money, got some young, exciting guys, uh, and they are playing well. Uh, they I've heard from a lot of White Sox fans that have said uh, over the last couple months, look, I'm watching more Cub games right now than I am White Sox games. Uh, they are fun to watch. They're pay- playing better baseball. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, it would be nice if the White Sox uh, could indeed play spoiler uh, and get some redemption on the north side. I have been to Wrigley, uh, I think, three times uh, to see the White Sox and Cubs go at it. Uh, and I, I'll, I've, I think I'm 3-0, and to be honest with you. Uh, I am not uh, going up to the north side, though. I will not. I, I've kinda, I'm kind of done. Uh, going to Wrigley, uh, it, it's it's a completely different world up there. If you haven't been around uh, Wrigley Field in quite some time, 
it's almost unrecognizable uh, than what it was uh, that Clark strip and Addison. Wow. Uh, and it's been happening for several years, but uh, man, it is, uh, it is different up there. Haven't been in the ballpark in many, many years. So, uh, but I don't plan on doing that uh, in the near future. Um, you know, Oscar Colas uh, has been a guy that he has had such an interesting season, frustrating season, uh, but not, you know, not a shocker. Uh, th- this is kind of what I anticipated. Uh, I w- was sad to see that they, you know, sent him down early in the year because he apparently couldn't figure things out or, you know, I, that, that, that just, to me, it still didn't sit well, uh, how they managed that thing from day one. But uh, Colas, uh, he was part of the uh, Cubs that first series uh, when the Sox and uh, Cubs got together, one for seven with two strikeouts. Uh, James Fegan, uh, he had an article in the Chicago Sun-Times recently on Oscar Colas. And just because it's James Fegan, you got to give it a read. Uh, but some interesting stuff on Colas that and what he has gone through. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a part of this White Sox uh, plan moving forward. Uh, I, I don't see the White Sox going out and spending premium money on a, on a proven veteran uh, right fielder. Uh, I think it's going to be Oscar Colas. And, uh, you know, this is kind of what uh, Fegan had to say and some interesting quotes from Colas. Uh, uh, Colas describes his daily baseball routine as beginning when he wakes up reaching for his tablet uh, and queuing up videos of his at-bats from the night before. Trying to identify what I did good, what I missed, Colas said through interpreter. Uh, By the time he's arrived at the park and meeting up with hitting coach Jose Castro in the batting cage, uh, Colas has brought notes about his swing decisions and how the upcoming starting pitcher will attack him. Uh, Colas states that their sessions together have helped him improve and learn. Uh, Per fan graphs, uh, he is both chasing pitches out of the zone and swinging and missing at even higher rates since being recalled. Uh, his season batting line of 215, 259, 291 with three home runs would rank Colas among the worst offensive regulars in baseball if he had enough plate appearances to qualify. Uh, Colas has a strong throwing arm, Fegan wrote, uh, possesses enough range to, to play center field in a pinch, and is rated as an above-average defender by StatCast. Uh, But his four errors are representative of lapses of focus that manager Pedro Grifol has cited in pre- and post-game comments at times. Uh, We're throwing a lot at him, and he's embracing it, and he's working on it, said Grifol. You'll see spurts of plate discipline and good fundamental baseball, and you'll see spurts of chasing and not... Uh, that good of fundamental baseball. That's just part of the developmental process that we're going through. Unfortunately, the results weren't there during my first stint with the team, uh, Colas said by interpreter. Uh, Now I think the results are a little bit better in the plate discipline aspect, but it's a work in progress. I'm improving. I'm trying to improve. Uh, My goal is is to find the best way that I can feel comfortable and that I can feel like I'm doing my job, like I'm showing all the stuff uh, I can do on the field, uh, Colas said via interpreter. We have goals, like, for example, if I have the goal to hit 20 homers before the season started, 
And now you have to adjust that uh, and, and see how close I can get. You know, Grafal has said things earlier this year, um, you know, not terribly long ago, that Colas was playing maybe at a 10 and he needed to match it down to an 8. It feels like Grafal has really been picking on Oscar Colas uh, this season in a way that it's almost like low-hanging fruit. Like, well, I'll just pick on Colas, the rookie, who kind of, you know, doesn't know what he's doing and is making, uh, you know, mistakes and is trying to learn because that's the easy one to go after. I'm not going to go after the veterans and some of these other guys because uh, I don't know if I, you know, have <laughs> have no, enough guts maybe to do that uh, and if that is even the right thing. Uh, Grafol is, is a mystery wrapped in a riddle. Uh, tied with a, an enigma, um, if that makes any sense. The developmental process uh, that he spoke of, Grafol, in this article is exactly why what he said recently about how you know the Sox aren't going to sacrifice uh, wins uh, because wins are so precious at the MLB level. We're not going to sacrifice wins uh, just because we're trying to develop somebody. That is so ridiculous to say that. Uh, Oscar Colas is such an obvious situation here of a work in progress, of developmental. Uh, and that was from day one. As soon as the White Sox made that decision, which it felt like it was made in the offseason, and then a, and a pretty good, maybe above average spring training uh, made that decision easier, the moment the Sox decided to go with Colas as their starting right fielder at the beginning of the season, they were willing to sacrifice winning for developmental purposes. I mean, that's the game. That, that's what you signed up for. You did not go out and address a glaring hole in right field or second base, really. And so you put Oscar Colas uh, to start his whole major league campaign in right field during an opportunity that you thought you were still kind of in contention, he's going to struggle. The problem lies in the lack of production from so many other players on the roster. So to tell me uh, and all the other Sox fans that, you know, you're going to keep playing Elvis Andres or Yasmani Grandel because you refuse to sacrifice wins uh, just to be developing guys. I mean, that's that's insane. You've been doing it from the beginning. You just didn't want to call it out, and you just didn't want to maybe assign it that title. But the Sox have made that decision uh, with someone like Oscar Colas. Uh, you know, when they decided to go with him in right field, and the fact that you, you know, you flagged him as not being able to, you know, handle whatever it was that you were looking for him to handle, a rookie, and you sent him down. You know that that was that was unfortunate because the he was not able to hide because there was lack of production all over this roster from guys that we were hoping for a return to accustomed levels, uh, guys that we're gonna you know be able to produce. We're gonna get our offense from the core, and then guys like Oscar Colas, you know, you can kind of hide, uh, develop you know, get mentored, you know, it's going to be a scuffle for you. It should be a scuffle for you, you know, and then learn from this. Uh, so I, I appreciate the stuff that he was saying and his work that he puts in. Uh, it reminds me of articles that I read in the off season in the athletic by Fegan on what Colas is trying to do and what his game plan is. And he wants to be prepared for how pitchers are going to attack him and 
Uh, that's all well and good. And, and this year, you know, you just kind of have to say this is a learning experience for you. See what kind of work you can put in in the off season. And, and you know, I'm really going to be interested uh, in, in what kind of uh, production he can have for the White Sox uh, right out of the gates in 2024. So good stuff by Fegan. It was a lengthier article, too. Uh, definitely worth your time in the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, whether we like it or not, uh, it's time to be thinking about not only 2024, but maybe even 2025 or 26. Uh, the Sachs farm system has improved as of late, and Colson Montgomery uh, leading the way. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Iboda. Uh, Iboda gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Uh, either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. Uh, the average Iboda user earns $120 per year. Uh, that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibota, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Uh, you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibota, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibota is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibota by using the code MLB when you register. Uh, go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibota app and use code MLB. Uh, that's Ibota, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. The White Sox face off against the Cubs on Tuesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Uh, so farm system, that's that's really the talk of the town, uh, you know. And, and look, if you're looking for really deep dives on what is happening with uh, the farm system and, and some of these young guys that not only have come through in the draft, but that we've acquired recently and, and some of the guys from last year's draft. I mean, White Sox Daily is where you go. Uh, Ian Eskridge, Danny Miller, Future Sox, of course, with James Fox and so many others that uh, contribute. They're going to really go in depth on, on what is happening. And, and that's, I think, where the attention is going to be. Again, whether we like it or not, uh, it is going to be about some of these young guys and, you know, they don't want to call it a rebuild and, and maybe it's not a true rebuild and, and we could split hairs on the definition. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, maybe it is, we'll see what happens in the off season, but they're, the, the Sox are clearly going in a different direction. Um, and uh, they have made some noise here. Uh, MLB pipeline has reorganized its top 100 prospect list and the Sox have got some action here. So they've got three, uh, players in the top 100 right now. Prospect points, uh, 133, uh, which puts them 20th uh, in MLB. Uh, the big league club took a step backward this year, but the White Sox offered hope for the future by adding more prospect talent in July than perhaps any organization. Uh, first, they landed shortstop Jacob Gonzalez, right-handers Grant 
uh, Taylor, Seth Keener, and outfielder George Walkow in the draft. Then they dealt veterans to add several prospects highlighted by catcher Edgar Cuero, uh, left-hander Jake Eater, and righty Nick Nestrini. And other good news, incumbents Colson Montgomery and Noah Schultz are developing into two of the higher ceiling prospects anywhere in the minors. Uh, so Colson Montgomery, the number one prospect for the White Sox, uh, number 17 in all of baseball. How about that? Uh, Noah Schultz, uh, the, the number two in the White Sox system. He's a uh, number 65 in all of MLB. Uh, Edgar Cuero, uh, number three uh, in the White Sox system, number 86. So those are your top uh, 100. Uh, here, are, here are the rest of the top 10 for the White Sox system. Uh, so four, Jacob Gonzalez, five, Jake Eater, uh, Nick Nestrini at six, Brian Ramos, seven uh, at eight, uh, Jose Rodriguez. Uh, you know what? I'll go a little bit more than that. Uh, nine, uh, Kai Bush, then 10, Christian Mania, uh, 11, Jonathan Canyon. Uh, so again, we've heard this over the last couple weeks of uh, what the Sox have done. Uh, and there have been, you know, they've jumped up depending on which, you know, poll, what website, what where you go, they're definitely better than where they were to start this season. Uh, the biggest jump, according to MLB.com, uh, for the White Sox was Jacob Burke, uh, an outfielder, not even ranked, and he's jumped to 22 in the White Sox system. Uh, Burke missed the first six weeks of the season with lower back issues, but since has batted uh, 311, 413, 473 with five homers and 17 steals in 64 games. At, class, at two uh, Class A levels, an 11th round pick from Miami in 2022. He's an aggressive hitter who provides solid speed and center field defense. Uh, and then there was this article I came across by Ben uh, Weinrib uh, in uh, MILB.com. And this was a late July article on, on White, White Sox uh, prospect uh, Colson Montgomery, number one in the system. Number 17 now in all of baseball. Uh, White Sox shortstop uh, Montgomery suffered an oblique injury that sidelined him just five plate appearances into his spring campaign, uh, making matters worse. A back injury uh, later in the spring slowed his recovery further. Uh, Montgomery finally returned to the field in the Arizona Complex League on June 19th and came out firing, going 15 for 35 with two home runs and 16 walks. Uh, hitting well against much younger competition in rookie ball was a welcome development, but the real test when he went back to high A Winston-Salem. Uh, if you told me I was going to come out hitting like this, I probably wouldn't believe it, uh, Montgomery said. It's kind of all the built-up motivation, all the drive for wanting to play and now being set free. It's made me really focused. I'm playing 100% and I'm playing hard every second of the game. Uh, it's a freak thing that happens when it comes to the oblique injury, Montgomery said. Uh, you're just swinging one day and then something doesn't feel good and then it starts aching. With those things, you just have to take your time with it. Uh, there was a lot of frustration, uh, but you bottle up that frustration. And once you're able to play, you just release it all uh, White Sox did take their time uh, with Colson Montgomery. Uh, he returned to double-A Birmingham at the end of July. Uh, in nine games with Birmingham this season, 
Montgomery, five hits and 28 at-bats, 10 walks, and one home run. So, yeah, it's bleak right now at the big league level. Uh, but between guys like Montgomery and Schultz and, and a few others, a few other recent additions, you know, you, you could start getting a little excited. I, I Again, I'm, I don't want to get fooled all over again. Uh, but, you know, Colson Montgomery looks like he is going to be fun to watch. Uh, that, those those bl- obliques can sometimes be nagging. I hate to hear about the back injury stuff. Uh, you know, obviously we've got players that have been dealing with back stuff and uh, that can linger as well. But, uh, you know, the, the articles are out there. The video is out there. A sweet, sweet swing. And uh, I'm excited to see, you know, him continue to develop. And hopefully the White Sox are able to properly develop this guy, set him up for success, uh, because he is absolutely one of those bright spots uh, when you're looking at the farm system and what could be in the future. Hopefully, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, White Sox looking for some redemption against Kyle Hendricks on the north side. Uh, More on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. uh, Because right now, when you bet on Super Bowl winner, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, so visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Cubs at, I'm sorry, Sox at Cubs on Tuesday. Uh, Wrigley Field, two-game series, uh, kind of middle of the week-ish. Uh, again, I talked about this the last time the Sox and Cubs played. Ooh, th- those were weekend series years ago, uh, and they were in the summer, uh, just in the heart of the summer, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, you know, on the south side, and they did it on the north side just like that, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, they were, man, they were fun. They were fun to go to on the south side especially if you caught like a like a three, four o'clock. It was probably more of a 310 start on a Saturday. Uh, those lots get open a little earlier because it was Cub Sox. And man, you'd had some fun tailgates. Having these games on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights uh, is doing nobody any favors. I uh, got to get these games back on the weekends. Uh, they are fun for the fans and put them in the heart of the summer. Uh, it's Toussaint versus Hendricks on Tuesday. Uh, Hendricks absolutely rocked the White Sox to sleep uh, last uh, time uh, these uh, two teams played. Hopefully, Tuki Toussaint can work some magic, and the White Sox have done their homework on Hendricks. He is not going to throw terribly hard. You know, he had a changeup work in. I mean, he was he was hitting his spots. He was working the corners, mixing things up. Uh, mixing speeds up, and boy, the Sox just could not do anything. Uh, Tuki Toussaint has got an ERA of 2.45 and three strikeouts in three appearances against the Cubs in his career. I believe two of them uh, were with when he was with the Braves. Uh, Tuki pitched against the Cubs in the July 26th game on the south side. Uh, He came out of the bullpen at that point 
uh, pitched an inning and did not give up anything. Last time we saw Tukey, uh, he started against the Yankees on August 8th. Five innings, six hits, four earned runs, five walks, nine strikeouts. Uh, Sacks lost seven to one that game. That was that Yacht Rock night, uh, of course. Who could forget? Uh, Pat Hester, my co-host of the Good Guys Talk Back podcast. He's going to uh, hopefully join me on the next episode. Uh, we'll recap uh, that Cubs game on Tuesday. Uh, good to talk to him as I wind down uh, my appearances here uh, with Lockdown White Sox. Hey, thanks for making uh, this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, you find your podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel. Questions and comments at LockdownSox at gmail.com. Uh, our Sox taking on the Cubs on Tuesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Uh, search White Sox. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. And hey, everydayers, uh, you know who you are. I, I so desperate, I dearly, dearly, dearly appreciate it. Uh, on the next episode, I will recap Tukey Toussaint start. Hopefully be talking about a White Sox winner. I appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.